0: Hello and welcome to another episode of A Dash of Science. I'm your host, Chris. This week, Carrie and I will be talking about Space Force and what exactly that means. The proclamation from President Trump, the public's reaction to it, the history of it, what it could be, what it should be, if it should be, and other things related to that. So sit back, relax, and enjoy A Dash of Science. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. I'm here once again with Carrie. How you doing today, Carrie?
1: Doing pretty good.
0: All right, excellent. I am also doing very well. Thank you so much for asking. I'm it really amazing me, amazing me. It really amazes me how concerned you are with how I'm doing every day.
1: You know, I should ask, but then I like just looked at you and I was like, okay, I guess I'm not asking.
0: So, <laughs> well, today we are talking about a kind of fun but also serious science engineering related uh, topic. I and and many others in the states like to call space force. <laughs>
1: Space Force!
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, So, as uh, most people should know, several months ago, President Trump, in a discussion with uh, Marines at a Marine base, uh, very briefly uh, mentioned the idea of having a space force. And, of course... Of course, of course, a space is a force, and no force is a space, of course. Sorry, I don't know. That just came out of nowhere and I had to do it. <laughs> space Force. <laughs> yeah, I made, I made myself completely lose my train of thought.
1: Space Force.
0: All right, so Tuesday, March 13th, 2018, San Diego, California. Space Force. The comedic meme was born. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play the little snippet of that speech from President Trump here so you guys can understand what we're talking about on the off chance you haven't
2: heard it. My new national strategy for space recognizes that space is a warfighting domain, just like the land, air, and sea. We may even have a space force develop another one, Space Force. We have the Air Force, we have the Space Force. We have the Army, the Navy. You know, I was saying it the other day because we're doing a tremendous amount of work in space. I said, maybe we need a new force. We'll call it the Space Force. And I was not really serious. And then I said, what a great idea. Maybe we'll have to do that. <laughs> that could happen. So think of that, Space Force, because we're spending a lot and we have a lot of private money coming in, tremendous. You saw what happened the other day. and tremendous success from the very beginning many of our astronauts have been soldiers and sailors airmen Coast Guardsmen and Marines and our service members will be vital to ensuring America continues to lead the way into the stars we're gonna lead the way in space we're way way behind and we're catching up fast so fast that nobody even believes it
0: right, so there it was, Space Force. Awesome thing, right? And so kind of some a couple of the other things that he said in there that I kind of wanted to hit on. One of the things that kind of, I don't know, full disclosure, because I work from NASA, there's going to be some bias here, right? Uh, he mentioned that we were way behind in space, but we're catching up. That statement really bothers me. There's pretty much six space organizations that are like the top uh, six, right? Uh, There's the Chinese National Space Agency, known as CNSA, the European Space Agency, ESA, uh, Indian Space Research Organization, the ISRO, Japanese Space Agency, uh, JAXA, and the Roscosmos, which is the Russian Space Agency. And of course, there's NASA, the uh, National Aeronautics and Space Administration uh, in the U.S. Those are in no particular order. That's not best to worst or anything. But those are like the big six that are... In the world right now, what makes them the big six is that they are the only organizations that, on their own, have flown either human space missions, uh, interplanetary robotic missions, or in cases like NASA and a couple of the others, both. Right. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah, none of the other uh, space agencies are able to do those on their own. So, just so
1: there are more like people who claim to be space.
0: Oh, yeah, it, especially Programs. in this last, uh, you know, 20 years or so, there's a lot. What happens is countries, especially smaller countries, they've kind of they've got to take what they could do. They can't necessarily afford to do an entire space organization on their own. So like uh, what one you know, country will do is they'll just specialize in building satellites, right? So they'll build satellites for other countries. Or, like, you know, the Russians are very big in providing launch capabilities right now, especially since the U.S. is kind of on a hiatus in between our own launch vehicles, right? We canceled the shuttle a while back. The uh, uh, SLS and and our other our, rocket that we're working on aren't ready yet. So, uh, yeah, so all the other countries are are legitimate space organizations they have space organizations but they're not doing all of these things on their own they require the help of other nations like a lot of other nations to do things or they're only focusing on like one aspect of space
1: that's interesting
0: but the reason why i kind of take issue with saying we're way behind in space besides the fact that i work in the space organization for our country bias? yes there's some bias there but if you think about it so the Chinese National Space Agency is one of only three nations that can send humans into space by themselves. Uh, the other two being NASA and Russia. And then, as I said, NASA is kind of in between space launch capability right now. It's a temporary thing. It's not because we, haven't, we don't have the technology or can't do it, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, that's pretty much their claim to fame. I mean, they're very good at pretty much building their own infrastructure and their own space agency without the help of other countries so they say except for they had help from russia but uh anyways i mean they're not bad but like that's the extent they're still relatively new for being a a top tier space agency so to speak they're relatively new to the game uh mostly because there was a lot of tension with uh russia and china for the longest time and you know their history etc yeah European Space Agency is, of course, one of NASA's biggest partners, uh, but they're kind of like the masters at international cooperation, right? They are all about getting... I mean, there's lots of nations involved in the European Space Agency because Europe is not a country, right?
1: I was going to say, I didn't even know that Europe had one. Like, I didn't know they... Oh, we're yeah. doing anything in the space industry. They
0: are very big partners with the US and like I said what happens is over there they'll tend each country will kind of specialize in a different thing and then together they are part of ESA. So individual countries they don't necessarily have their own space organizations in Europe they all kind of come together under the ESA and have different funding and stuff funded by their government etc. It's kind of uh I don't know everything over there's kind of hodgepodge that way like the way that they work together as a single unit but not with the European Union
1: yeah that's all weird
0: yeah it's so much different from how we work here because we're pretty much like the same size in land mass and we have the same diversity in in i guess organizing state bodies with our states but it's still like we're still much more one culture here than they are there oh yeah but uh so that's the esa then you've got the indian space research organization who is also really new and they've hit a lot of great accomplishments right they've got uh a very, very small budget. And what they've been able to do on that budget successfully is pretty amazing. But they have been around doing things that long.
1: I hadn't heard of them either. Yep.
0: So they've they've designed their own probe and have launched it. And they've designed and tested their own mini shuttle. And that's great. But that's pretty much the extent of where they're at. Just because of the amount of time they've been doing it, right?
1: How long have they been doing it?
0: Mm, I, I don't have a date of when they, they came about. But I don't think it's been more than, you know... Uh, 2000s is about the time where these newer, smaller agencies have become prominent as as people were, we talk about and see doing things is my best estimate without having a, a date in front of me. But uh, so then you have the Japanese Space Agency who are just very, very competent in space. But for whatever reason, they don't do like headline news level stuff very often, right? They're yeah, just I kind am. of there. They're solid. Uh, also a partner, um, in the, at the ISS. Uh, and then, of course, the Roscosmos, the, the Russian Space Agency, which, between the Soviet Union and Russia, uh, have a lot of stuff. Like, and they pretty much dominated the first two-thirds of the space race, the whole entire 50s, most of the 60s, up until the U.S. beat them to the moon, right? So they've got a lot of legitimate. Like, for top space agencies, it's really... It comes down to being between U.S. and Russia is essentially what it is. Well, Russia slash Soviet Union, if you combine them as one country. Mm -hmm. But kind of just some information. So NASA is the first and only uh, country to send humans to the moon, right? Uh, First to send a probe to every planet plus Pluto. We've got International Partnerships. We're number one organization in the world for interplanetary communication and telemetry and travel. Uh, NASA Jet Propulsion Labs works and helps other government agencies from other countries do the things that we do because we do it so well. We've got uh, 48 of the 72 human spaceflight first records. That's about sixty six percent. Russia probably makes up about thirty-eight to forty two percent of the rest of that. It's pretty much just US and Russia hold those. There's a, like I think Germany's in for a couple with the Germany was doing anything well, either as part of ESA. Oh, okay. But uh so yeah, we've got we've got more people in space right now and also we've sent more people into space than any other country. We've got the most manned flights. Uh, we're second for the most time spent total in space. If you count Russia and Soviet Union as one thing, they've got the most time. Uh, let's see. We spend more money than anybody else in space, six times the amount of money than the next country behind us.
1: Yeah, but that's part of our inflated issues, I think. Well, I
0: mean, it is, but I'm just saying, like we, we, we are out there developing, we are working in this, this domain. Uh, we've got the highest mission success rate, Uh, U.S. has nearly 50 more commercial space flights a year than Russia and the entirety of Europe. Uh, And U.S. has had some speed bumps recently. But, you know, to claim that we are in last in space is just such an outrageous claim that really bothered me. And I wanted to go through that just to set the record straight. I can understand (laughs) how that would be
1: frustrating.
0: But, uh, yeah, so Space Force, that's... uh, That was the audio clip that kind of, it kind of debated, or it kind of initiated, like, an internet full of memes, uh, so to speak, right? Yes, it did. Um, (laughs) And
1: theme songs and weird videos.
0: Right, yeah. I mean, this is... uh, this is kind of one of the few times that i've regretted my choice of media because the memes oh my god the memes are so amazing uh there's so many great ones comparing like the fantasy idea of what we expect it to be versus what it would really be there's one i saw it's like oh you expect it to be like halo but in reality it's uh zap Brannigan from futurama <laughs> <laughs> uh one of the jokes that i read that i really liked was uh, there'll be no physical training requirements in space force because you can't be overweight if you don't weigh anything <laughs> <laughs> that's a
1: good point i should yep. start eating more you,
0: go. you can be in space force uh and of course there is my my other favorite one uh military police in space force will just end up checking ids at the stargate <laughs> but you know this this kind of hit everybody like everybody saw it and i feel like it because president trump said it it's immediately a joke and nobody takes it seriously i mean what was your response
1: um Well, I thought to myself, like, we may not need a Space Force now, but we may need one in the future. But Mm -hmm. I think part of the problem is that he called it a Space Force. I think just (laughs) the name itself just brings these silly thoughts to mind.
0: No, I think you're absolutely right, and I, I caught a couple of quotes on Twitter that I want to read that are that are pretty funny, one of them kind of mentions that, but uh, the one that mentions that says, Space Force is such a ridiculous name that it made me realize that Air Force is also a ridiculous name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there was one that was, uh, Space Force is the most American effing thing I've ever heard because it ultimately boils down to, let's have guns be astronauts. <laughs> yes um let's see what else was another good one uh this one was kind of interesting a space force huh i never saw a man so afraid of illegal aliens (laughs) (laughs) of course it was that joke you know space wall whatever oh Uh, yeah there was definitely
1: space wall jokes i saw those and then uh jokes on media about like leaving the planet because trump was president
0: yep yep we wouldn't need a space force if if President Trump wasn't the president, yeah. I I mean there's a lot there's obviously a lot of people who are in the anti uh Trump camp who just really went to bat because I think they they go out of their way to make fun of him any time that they can. And yeah. sometimes it's justified and sometimes it's not, but you know, I try to stay you know, not political per se on this podcast and deal with just the science and the engineering, but you know, when it comes to something like this, which is a statement directly made by our president, it's really hard to not go into politics a little bit, right? Oh, like yeah. one of the quotes I saw was funny, but also sad. It said, "Instead of space force, can we just get healthcare?" Yeah, <laughs>
1: healthcare.
0: So, uh, and there was one more. There was one more Twitter Twitter quote that I want to talk about because. I feel like it emphasizes on its own one of the primary, like, feelings, the reactions to the idea of a space force. And this was by somebody who's legitimate, whose opinion we should respect. Uh, it's, a Na- it's Navy combat veteran and retired NASA astronaut Mark Kelly. So he's one of the Kelly twins that did the twin study here uh, a year or two ago. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And his quote was, this is a dumb idea. The Air Force does this already. That is their job. What's next? We move submarines to the seventh branch and call it the under the sea force.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure that the Air Force does do the same thing.
0: Uh well, I mean so anything that has to do with space right now that is military and not civilian is handled by the Air Force Space Command. Oh, okay. So and it's kind of interesting and we'll kind of get that. But and like I said, this is ultimately this gets to the core thought that the Air Force already does this, and branching off a smaller subsection as an independent branch is ridiculous. But I feel like people that are making these arguments maybe aren't familiar with the branches of our of our uh, defense, you know, our military and and what they do and how they came about. I mean, are you?
1: Um, I think I am because you told me, but before that I wasn't.
0: So what, if you were just to guess, uh, you know, first of all, how many branches of the military would you say they are? I mean, if you remember what I was talking about the other day, but think about before that. How many branches of the military would you say there are?
1: Oh, well, there's the Air Force and the Navy and Army. And I think Marines are their own branch, but I'm not positive. And there's one more Coast Guard.
0: Right. So first of all, most people have no idea that the Coast Guard is a, a branch of our military because it's kind of convoluted in the way that they work. Uh, you are right. The, the Marines are an independent branch, but they got some caveats uh, and they depend highly on the Navy and they actually fall under uh, the Secretary of the Navy. So the way that it works in government is it is illegal for a military person to be overall in charge of any branch of the military. It has to be a civilian. This was one of the problems that they had with General Mattis. It had been such a short time since he was active duty that they felt that it was a concern that he would be moving into a secretary of the, you know, the Armed Forces position. Because it needs to be a documented, well-established civilian in charge of our military. That's how our law works. That's That's why the president, as a civilian, is the commander-in-chief in charge of our entire military.
1: That seems kind of counterproductive.
0: It is and it isn't. And you'll... I mean, everybody under this person is well-listened to and respected military personnel, but in order to prevent ourselves from having a military state, civilians need to be in charge of the military at the at the top level.
1: I can see that, but I can also see that you would want someone who has military training and military understanding in order to do what is best for the military. Sure,
0: and that's where you end up having veterans hold those positions. The problem is with Mattis is it was a very short time since he became a, uh, a veteran, not active duty. Um, I think it's required like 10 years or something like that. So he when, his, uh, when he was selected, he had to have a waiver for that, which got passed, which is fine. I'm a big supporter of Mattis. I think he's great for that position. But uh, the way that the Marines fall under the Navy is kind of, and we'll get into this more in detail later, it's kind of how the Space Force will uh, report under the Secretary of the Air Force. So... You're right. So there's uh, five total branches, the Army, the Marines, the Navy, the Air Force, and the Coast Guard. Oh, me. So the Air Force, actually, let's go back. Let's do it from day one, right? The U.S. Army. It is the oldest branch tied with the Navy in military in the U.S. Started in 1775. Uh, It has been the ground force for the United States for about, what's that, 243 years or so, something like that. Uh, coincidentally, the government seemed to naturally understand that water isn't ground (laughs) and would require entirely different vehicles, tactics, and governance, and so started that same year the U.S. Navy, which would be the Defender of the Seas. Uh, now, since we already have a Defender of the Sea and a Defender of the Ground, it would be very stupid if we follow the ideas of Mark Kelly... Uh, to have any other separate branch do the same thing, right? Yeah, that would make sense. <coughs> Marines. <coughs> Coast Guard.
2: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't hear that. Yeah,
0: so that's the Army and, and the Navy. They were started day one. Uh, the Marines are actually the second smallest branch, and while they existed as a group from day one, as part of the Navy, Uh, they weren't their own branch until, like, 1798, I think it was. But their purpose, at first, was extremely convoluted to the external eye, and it's actually changed several times since their uh, initial creation as a separate branch. But, uh, before that, they were basically just the ground units of the Navy, right? Those are the guys that would come out of the boats and storm the beach.
1: Okay, that makes sense.
0: Uh, It does make sense, um... But I thought that was stupid, because the army already does ground.
1: Yeah, I guess the army shows up in boats, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so what's next? Split the water between national water and water around the coast of our nation and create a new branch called the Coast Force? Coast Guard. Let's put a pin in that. (laughs) (laughs) So... What do the Marines do now? Uh, They are still a ground force, but they specialize in being, I guess, ready to go super-duper fast, as opposed to just some of the Army units, which are just kind of fast. And they specialize in deploying, which I thought was a thing that all of our military does. Uh, I mean, there are specific uses that they use the Marines in, but I don't feel like there's anything specific to the way that they are organized that... A unit in the army could not also do that. Uh, I mean, the army have units that do do that. They're special forces and stuff. Uh, But I guess the Marines can do it on boats.
1: So who is special forces if they're not their own branch?
0: So there's a special forces group in every branch of the military. So the, They're just
1: the good guys that get to do special missions?
0: Pretty much, yeah. The Marines have Force Recon, the Navy have the SEALs, uh, the Army has Green Berets, but then also above that is specifically called Special Forces, uh, and then I can never remember what the Air Force one's called, but they have one too. All right. Uh, and then, I don't know if the Coast Guard does actually. I think the Coast Guard special ones are the people that do the rescue
1: Like the plane rescues or the dropper rescues. Yeah,
0: there was a movie made. I think it had Ashton Kutcher or maybe somebody like that in there. But uh, uh, there was a movie about it that was like the top swimmers or whatever or like rescue team or whatever. But, anyways, so they all have their own special forces, so to speak. Uh, But. I mean, don't get me wrong here. I respect Marines, and I respect any of my fellow veterans and service members or as individuals who deploy and they protect this country. I just don't understand the existence of the Marine Corps as a separate force if we follow the idea that doing something that another branch does already is stupid, right? Because the Marines have been here for 242 years as a separate branch doing things that other branches do. I mean— The Marines, they don't, they have to rely on the Army and the Air Force and the Navy for air land and sea support, and they have to rely on the Navy for medical support. They don't have medics within the Marines. They have to rely on, you know, the Navy for their medical stuff. So it's just kind of weird that that exists already and has for the majority of the history of our country's military, but Space Force is stupid because the Air Force already does that, right?
1: I still think that there should be a def- definition between us, like, our air and space, because it's not like you can just take an aircraft that you're flying and fly it into
0: space. Sure. There's a definite... I mean, we'll get into the pros and cons of it that I think that that falls under, but I I, I don't think you're wrong there. But uh, back to our military, our, our branch of our military. So the Coast Force, the Coast Force, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Coast Guard was established in 1790, uh, it's fallen under the Treasury Department. It's fallen under the Department of Transportation. I think back in 2000s, in right after 9-11, they swapped it over to the newly formed uh, Department of Homeland Security. Uh, and it can be utilized at any time by the Department of the Navy. Uh, so mostly they deal with illegal immigration and sea rescues. Uh, I guess like water police mixed with firefighters or That's, paramedics. <laughs> sounds
1: pretty awesome.
0: I mean, it's an important job, but it, it could very, very easily be... Something incorporated within the Navy Mm -hmm. that the Navy does. The only benefit. Right. The only benefit to having it separate from the Navy is its ability to work under the home. I mean, really, that's all it is. It's a separate thing under the Homeland Security, right? Mm -hmm. It could have been that under the Navy. There's no there's pros and cons to making it that way or not making it that way that are probably pretty similar to the idea of a space force. So I just, this is all goes back to how it's stupid because air force already does, does this isn't a valid, uh, I guess argument on its own grounds. Right. Right. So yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of our little (laughs) part on how the, military work so your military rant didn't see that coming did you oh wait no we didn't talk about the air force did we (laughs) so this is this is integral here because to the whole concept of of doing something that another branch does the air force is uh the most recently established branch of the military i didn't know that yeah it was go ahead
1: i would have thought it was the marines or the coast guard
0: uh so all of those were started in the 1700s right Uh, the Air Force wasn't started until 1947 because planes didn't exist until, like, 1903.
1: (laughs) I was just going to say that. I was like, it must have been a while, with planes.
0: So, before 1947, we didn't use any airplanes at all in the military, right? Because starting a new branch to cover something an existing branch already does is dumb, right? Right. And that's not how that worked. (laughs) I mean... I mean, that's exactly how that worked, except for the U.S. Army Air Force between 1941 and 1947. And before that was the U.S. Army Air Corps between 1926 and 1941. And then the Air Service U.S. Army between 1918 and 1918. (laughs) And uh, the Division of Military Aeronautics also between 1918 and 1918. That one lasted six days. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Or the Aviation Section under the Signal Corps between 1914 and 19. uh, Or the Aeronautical Division under the Signal Corps between 1907 and 1914. So the Army handled aeronautics, all of aeronautics, for almost 40 years before the Air Force became its own branch. So... The U. I mean, the U.S. spent 40 years trying to figure out how to handle the air domain within an existing military branch before realizing uh, that it would be best served as a separate branch. Because as the popularity of aircraft and technology involved in flying grew, it became abundantly clear that air was an entirely different battleground than on the ground or in the sea.
1: That makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello all you curious creatures out there, I'm Amber Ray,
0: And I'm Andrew McKay, and we are the hosts of Into the Portal.
1: If you like myths, legends, history with a paranormal twist, join us every week as we explore lesser known mysteries of our world and beyond.
0: You can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, and all other major podcast platforms, and at intotheportal.com, your gateway to the bizarre.
1: The only question is, do you dare peer into the portal?
0: So this brings us to the current Air Force Space Command. You said you didn't think that the Air Force was doing that. You hadn't heard of this, I assume, right?
1: No, I've never heard of anything space-related for anyone other than, like, NASA.
0: So uh, you met my friend when we went to breakfast uh, while that I went to school with. I'm not going to say his name because he is an active officer within this area. This is where he works is what he does. And I have talked to him a little bit to see if I could get him to come on the show and talk about a little bit of the stuff that he does and and these ideas. But it's such a high level of importance, and there are so few people who do this that not only would he have to go through a lot of hoops to be able to speak and wouldn't be able to say a lot, even if we had done it... uh, anonymously it wouldn't have been very hard to figure out who he was so unfortunately at this time he can't speak to these things but so the other thing that i kind of wanted to mention it was interesting when the army first started doing aeronautics uh they put it in the signal corps and the signal corps would be like the people that do, like, IT and technology, like, that kind of stuff related or communications is what I'm trying to say there. Uh, That's so, interesting. Yeah. That, they didn't know where to put it, right? Well, yeah, because that makes sense. This really, when I read that, I thought it was amazing because the current Air Force Space Command, they not only handle space as in outer space, they also handle space as in cyberspace. It's the same group of people. That's interesting. Right? Like outside of the fact that they have the word space in them, you wouldn't think that it would be the same mechanics that would make sense to put those groups together. I mean, besides the fact that there's a lot of IT and electronics in space, but there is in everything these days. Oh, yeah. So the current Air Force Space Command, their mission is to provide resilient and cost-effective space and cyberspace capabilities for the joint force and the nation. That's their thing. That's what they do. Sounds
1: pretty simple, I guess. Yeah. Minus going into space.
0: (laughs) Minus going into face. Space. (laughs) Space force. (laughs) So, again, just like the Army trying to shove something new and not well understood under signals, the Air Force and our government has combined cyberspace and space together. Uh, And like I said, I, I guess it's because they both have the word space in it. That's really the only thing I can come up with. That and they're both small but i mean there are a lot of crossovers for the it stuff like i said but that's pretty much it so i don't know i don't know why they would do this but so i was going to ask you what you know about the current air force space command but based off of what you've said already i'm guessing that's zero nothing
1: i uh, absolutely nothing i never would have thought that it was the same branch. Like I wouldn't even think the military handled it. Like mm-hmm. I thought that there would be like NASA would handle it or right. something like well, that. See,
0: a lot of people do wonder about that. NASA is a civilian organization, not a military one. While we do have to work with the Department of Defense for some things, especially with launches and and uh, frequency for communications and stuff, we are not under the Department of Defense. We are probably one of the most benign government organizations uh, to exist. So that's crazy. We don't have. I mean, there's some sensitive but unclassified. Uh, but that is mostly to do with protecting private companies' technology that they've developed. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just like trade secrets, essentially, where you know even businesses in in the private sector have trade secrets they protect. Yeah. So SBU is kind of protect secrets, and then we have. Uh, ITAR, which is essentially used to protect anything that could be used for uh, uh, weaponry in space. So essentially if I am going to build a missile system uh, I can't just put that out into the public without having some things redacted because it could be taken by enemies of the state and used it They don't necessarily have that technology already. That makes sense. Uh, And then occasionally we work with places like DARPA and stuff like that which or the DoD which will have their own secret stuff that we're helping with but nasa as an agency for the most part we're publicly funded and a civilian organization so we put everything out that gets reviewed and we push it out to the public right we don't Mm -hmm. work like the department of defense in which everything's secret and in a lockbox, and you have to use the freedom of information act to get anything out of them so interesting so
1: straight to the consumer (laughs)
0: straight to the consumer so some facts about the current air force space command there's about 36 thousand people across 134 locations uh which is definitely small but i mean it's not trivial right yeah it's, it's not like any bitty right uh and it kind of breaks up into the kind of the bigger one so you've got the 14th air force at vandenberg air force base that's the place that's just a little north from us that uh we see all the, the missile or the rocket launches okay oh from. yeah okay uh so they provide space capabilities for the joint uh force Uh, flight through the operational missions of spacecraft, like spacelift like the rockets, uh, position and navigation and timing, satellite communications, and missile warning and space control. That's what they do.
1: I feel like their names are supposed to be really obvious to tell you what they do, but they're always really long <laughs> and convoluted. Know,
0: and technical. But, yes. uh And then there's the 24th Air Force at San Antonio, Texas, which provides uh, combat commanders with trained and ready cyber forces. So it's not related to space. It's related to cyberspace. Uh, there's a Space and Missile Systems Center in L.A., which designs and acquires all Air Force and most of DoD space systems. Uh, overseas launches, um, completes on-orbit checkouts, and then turns systems over to user agencies after they're on orbit. Uh, so and they also support global positioning and defense satellites, commsats, uh, Milstar systems, uh, launch vehicles.
1: What's a Milstar system?
0: That's uh, a military satellite, oh, usually. That makes for, sense. Uh, observation stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, spying. Yeah, that <laughs> for combat that's what purposes. Doing. Uh launch vehicles defense meteorological, That's one that I had to look up. The defense meteorological satellites. That seems weird. They're weather satellites for use in defense. And the best that I can come up with because I mean when we're dealing with the DOD a lot of this stuff is hard to get at. Uh, but the best I can come up with is it's used essentially to track weather patterns for logistic purposes. Uh Interesting. For transferring from, you know, between theaters of combat and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, and then space infrared systems, which I they didn't go into detail there. So, uh, well, it's space systems. and
1: it's infrared but and it's sensor <laughs> systems. It's remote
0: sensing, is what that is. But uh, then there's the Air Force Network Integration Center, which again isn't space; it's for networking and all that kind of stuff. And then there's the Air Force Spectrum Management Office, which is who controls all of the spectrum. Uh, For communications and comms and stuff for RF engineering between vehicles, so that's not Directly space, though. It can include space communications Uh, So essentially the space capabilities it can do space lift operations on the east and west coast and at the launch bases uh, And then control for the conduct of DoD against some NASA stuff uh, commercial launches command and control of all DoD satellites space and and infrared based systems so that is what they do right now so that's if we, a lot of stuff actually yeah if we were to start a quote-unquote space force today right now it wouldn't be space marines and spaceships with lasers on them it would be taking over these duties from the air force that's all it would be right now today yeah uh, that's a
1: lot less exciting yes
0: it is and probably a lot less people want to go run and join that but uh some form of military in space has existed since like the last days of world war ii uh, with the operation paperclip and getting all the german scientists and stuff over here and the rocket technology Uh, and so military has been in space since day one in the united states it's not a new thing like since there's been something able to go to space we've had a part of the air force that deals with it so So now we're going to get into kind of the ideas where it comes from because when President Trump first mentioned this, people treated it like it was this ridiculous idea that just popped into his brain at the podium, right? There was people saying stuff like, anybody who has read this Space Force thing and has thought about it at all, every single one of you has probably put more thought into this than President Trump. And that's a pretty... I mean, maybe it's true. I don't know, but this idea, this is, is not this is not President Trump's idea. It isn't a new thing that he just came up with, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as early as two thousands. Donald Rumsfeld led a congressional directed commission on national security space management and organization. And this commission recommended an internal reorganization of the Air Force to consolidate DoD's space related activities under a single undersecretary of the Air Force to be called the department's executive agent for space. And this would handle all policy acquisition and operations of space related activities. And this didn't pass because uh, you know, 9-11 happened and that kind of you know, shifted through a wrecking ball so to speak into all of everything we were doing and it was kind of put off to the side so it never got past. uh i mean and that, so that's 2000 and then as late as 2017 um the united states space corps was proposed as a sixth branch of the u.s armed forces and would have considered and would have consisted of the air force's space warfare mission and which is currently called the air force space command so this was, uh, I guess, opposed by many Air Force, military, and space professionals. Uh, they didn't think that it would address the acquisition issues that uh, were being proposed as a reason to do this. Uh, and that it would derail integration between space and other military domains, causing additional and unnecessary bureaucracy. So instead, they gave the Air Force Space Command more autonomy within side of the Air Force.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah. Um and then again in June of twenty seventeen the US House Committee on Armed Services voted to include language creating a US Space Force within the twenty eighteen National Defense Authorization Act. This is before Trump said anything about anything. Uh
1: he didn't even come up with Space Force?
0: <laughs> well, this was called Space Corps. So, oh Space Corps, sorry. Uh, he, he, space Force is probably all his, but the concepts behind it are not, right? So, the National Defense Authorization Act, uh, administrated by the United States Secretary of the Air Force, in the same way that the Marine Corps falls under the Department of Navy, we talked about that a little bit earlier, Uh Uh, which would give a new force a seat of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, and it was even included in the initial provisions of uh, the House 2018 U.S. Defense Budget Request for the creation of the Space Corps. And this effort is currently, right now, being led by Representatives Republican Mike Rogers of Alabama and Democrat Jim Copper of Tennessee. Which means in today's political climate, there is a bipartisan agreement on Space Force before President Trump ever mentioned it in his 2018 speech. Bipartisan. Today. Like, that's unheard of, practically, it feels like. Uh Again, this is uh, opposed by the Department of Defense, U.S. Air Force, uh, U.S. Strategic Command, Air Force Space Command, Secretary I mean, of Defense James Mattis, a uh, bunch of other important people. I mean, there are a lot of people who are opposed to this. And you got to kind of wonder why. Right?
1: I was just going to ask, that. like, do you have any sort of in, like understanding into why they said I no? I do
0: a little bit, uh, which we'll talk about here in a second. But I just wanted to point out that the June 28th President Trump announcement, Uh, was in an address to the newly reformed National Space Council, uh, a directive to create a sixth branch of the U.S. Armed Forces. So this is now a directive that President Trump has made to create a space force, which would be an independent branch from the Air Force. So whether or not that gets passed through Congress is questionable. Because, like I said, there's a lot of people opposing it. But as of now, he has proposed and and announced his plans to do this to the National Space Council. So there you go. That's where we're at right now.
1: We'll see if it passes, huh?
2: Dear VetTix, thank you for a great experience and for your support, the military
0: and veterans. Thank you so much, VetTix. Our family has gone through a lot the last few
2: years, and this gave us a nice break. Every empty seat at a concert game or a special event is a missed opportunity to say thank you to a veteran. Give your extra tickets to VetTix. Give something to those who gave. For more information on how you can make a difference, go to VetTix.org.
0: You asked me kind of what the pros and cons were, right? Like, or what, what were the arguments against doing this? Yeah. So, I don't know. First of all, so everything that we've talked about, where are you standing right now?
1: Um, I came into this thinking that, um, I mean, there's a lot of space out there. And God forbid something does come our way. We need to be prepared, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think we need fighter jets and lasers, pew pew. But, (laughs) I mean, we need some sort of something to govern what's going on in space. You know, like, whether that's watching satellites or looking for, you know meteors or whatever they could do at this point to keep them busy Mm -hmm. i guess and then we would always be prepared
0: yeah i mean that is a good point i don't know i mean this would draw easily into a conversation about the reality of potential aliens and if aliens are existing and going to come here at any point Uh, do we want to present a confrontational front, Um, you know, blah, 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 all this stuff. I personally am not worried about a space force as a planetary defense against invading aliens. I don't think that's a likely scenario within the next at least 50 to 100 years. Yeah. Uh, So and then the other idea of kind of watching out stuff, it kind of reminds me more of a police force
1: i was just gonna say that they need to police space and
0: one thing that we try not to do though not very successfully is separate our police force from our military police force are supposed to serve and protect the the citizens of our own nations right Mm -hmm. and military is for fighting off enemies and you don't want them using the same tactics on each other right
1: so we can have a space force that can go hunt aliens, and then we can have a police space force <laughs> that just watches out for, like, well, space breaking treaties and then stuff. Then
0: we're becoming a a global watchdog, like people already convinced the U.S. of being, right? That it, space it doesn't belong to the United States of America, so taking it upon ourselves to police it all by ourselves would be... I don't know arrogant, maybe <laughs> you know,
1: I never thought about the fact that we're talking about a space force that's only going to be for America in mm-hmm. my brain, I've just been thinking planetary safety this whole time like sure. i never I never thought that other countries might be upset that we were going to do something like i I feel like sure. this should be something that everyone should agree on. This should be a global
0: and idea that right there is one of the major issues internationally with starting a military branch specializing in the space domain. Because while there's no necessarily regulation that says you can't have some form of weapons in space, up until right now, through either agreement or just inaction, the entirety of our world has treated space as a neutral ground, a non- confrontational ground, at least in direct combat. And, well, I mean, we've got the inter- the Uh, space treaty and we've got the moon act which all resolve around anything done in space will be for the benefit of all uh, mankind all people all humans
1: well didn't they um i'm pretty sure let me double check my notes here uh isn't trump talking about modernizing our space laws as well
0: he is and a lot of those are good things and in my opinion will probably center around what commercial Uh, space is able to do because up until this point like I said because of these things and things having to benefit all mankind uh, individual countries aren't allowed to place claim to astronomical bodies Uh, So that makes it very hard to land a mining system on an asteroid, mine up materials, take it, and go sell it to people without claiming you own it, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff. I mean, and that stuff has been being fought for a long time through places like Deep Space Industries and Planetary Resources. Uh, Those are two U.S.-based mining companies of asteroids who haven't actually done any mining yet because the majority of their money has been in tech development for prospectors and fighting policy u.s and international
1: yeah i guess it would be hard to not have somebody like jump your claim for lack of a better term like when you're in space and on top of that this is why we need a police space force
0: (laughs) right but who runs that right so it's a global. if you have and there's probably some argument to having a global uh force but if nobody has a aggressive system in space which isn't i'm not claiming that's the case today but we pretend that it is right we don't talk about it we're kind of in that mutually assured destruction mode where we have our own secret stuff and they have their secret stuff and nobody uses their secret stuff until somebody uses their secret stuff right yeah so that's worked so far that is how it's worked up in this point and for the most part uh it's worked out great so if you don't have anybody being physically aggressive in space why do you need to send somebody to prevent somebody from being physically aggressive in space, right? Fact. It looks... I mean, even if you have the most honest intentions, it looks like you're trying to do something, right?
1: Well, we do have a lot of private like companies that are doing space stuff, do we mm-hmm. not? And that just happens to be us as well. There doesn't seem to be any crazy billionaires building rockets in China.
0: But, I mean... There are commercial entities in other countries but the u.s does dominate that right now absolutely uh and you know there are all sorts of science fiction stories and books where the future of humanity becomes less government and more corporation right and corporations Mm -hmm. have their own private military groups I mean, I don't want it to go that way, but I could see it going that way. Yeah, I could understand. I mean that. because in all honesty, I don't foresee any time in the near, medium, or probably even far future in which the world exists under a single unified world government, right? Yeah,
1: that's pretty hard to see.
0: So but yeah, so you really kind of hit on the nose there about your the dawning of realization that this is a U.S.-based military branch, just like the Army and the Air Force. It would be like saying the U.S. Navy now controls all of the ocean on the world. Yeah. So you can imagine how other people would feel about that. The very first thing every other organization is going to do, every other government, is create their own space force, right? Yeah. And then we're going to start walling off how do you... How do you Define who space. owns which part of space, right? Yeah. Up until now, we've we've treated it as a global humanity, like international waters. You can't own it. You can travel through it. You can do things in it, but you don't own it. Yeah, that so, makes sense.
1: <clears throat> Maybe we should just chunk the moon off into pieces and then those pieces belong to the well, people. Well, you know,
0: in all honesty, what it's going to come down to someday, in my opinion, is the same way it worked uh, when people explored on earth for places the first person to get there and stake a claim regardless of who else is there uh not that i think people exist on the moon already but they are first there's nobody there to tell them no right yeah so but anyways some of the other kind of arguments against a space force i'm gonna kind of give my little two cents on it and ask you what you think too but uh so one of them there's a lot of these that were presented by the air force chief of staff uh and he said that it would be harder to integrate space operations with warfare in the air and cyberspace, land and sea. Do you understand what, what he's saying?
1: I don't think so. So
0: it's the idea that space is being used across all branches of the military and even other agencies. And so if you take Space Force out of Air Force Space Command and make it its own... Uh, its own branch you're going to increase the complexity and make it more difficult to integrate space operations with these other organizations
1: like satellites and that sort of stuff yeah that
0: would be the number one thing now i'm tracking so what do you feel about that statement do you think that's a reasonable argument against space force
1: i guess if it's that big of a deal yeah but i just i feel like everything we do is convoluted and we always find a way out of it so (laughs) i I mean that's
0: pretty good analysis uh In my opinion, the Air Force already has to integrate space operations with the Army and the Navy and other DOD uh, orgs as well as NASA. So what difference does it make if the host organization is Air Force or if the host organization is Space Force? The bureaucracy already exists uh, and it can be copied exactly as it is how the Air Force works with people. The only difference is the Air Force specifically now has to work with another organization for the that now controls this asset this asset as opposed to controlling it being the controller working with other organizations and i think that upsets them but i don't think that's a valid reason to not do it
1: i do think they should separate cyberspace from international space
0: sure and i for the most part it, it comes down to like that whole army airplane thing like why are these things together and why is it the Uh, the air force that's doing this it seems to me that cyberspace either needs its own group that is not necessarily a branch of the military Mm -hmm. you know like part of the CIA or the NSA or whatever which obviously have their own cyber uh, agencies and the FBI is cyber crime or each branch of the military needs to have a specialization in uh, cyberspace that relates to their domain in cyberspace that's kind of how I see about it
1: well you know we do love to make things and give them acronyms Uh so we should totally just make it its own thing and give it an acronym
0: (laughs) there you go but uh you'd have an even smaller organization than the space force i suspect probably uh,
1: but i mean that stuff is more effective when it's done like yeah
0: so i've put kind of a ratings on these uh this one i didn't give any rating it's a zero it's not a strong argument it's not a detraction i don't think that it's a good support for not doing something so i gave it a zero what would you give it a one negative one or zero? One would be for space force negative one is against zero is not an argument for or against
1: for this last argument yeah. we just had um It is an argument against. Okay, is it a
0: valid argument? Does it provide something that is something that's of a legitimate concern? My issue is you already have this cross-agency stuff going on, so I don't understand why it would be any different.
1: Yeah, I I guess it would make things harder for the Air Force to start with because they would have to be used to not being the ones in control of that stuff. But then again, that would make our Air Force less convoluted, which would probably be a good thing, right? Mm I think
0: it's about losing control of an asset. That's what I think that argument is about. And that should not be an argument to not do something. Because it's not the U.S. is losing control. It's the Air Force is losing control.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, The next argument is kind of similar, but it's just a general statement that I, I don't know. I pulled it out because I heard it a lot. It's more complex, more boxes on an organization chart. Essentially, you're creating an entirely new... Uh, organization chart of people to do something that's far more complex than just leaving it as it is.
1: Well, we need more jobs, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) True. So where do you stand on that?
1: I don't know. Say it again.
0: So creating a separate space force would be more complex and just add more boxes on the organization charts.
1: It does make it more complex, but it it needs to be more complex. Like it, it needs to cover the stuff that we are not covering already because it needs it's going to need to expand so if it's going to get bigger anyway Mm -hmm. it will be less convoluted to give it its own identity
0: i I think i agree with you i don't think complexity on its own is an argument against doing something right the argument should be is this best served by how it is or is it best served by a slightly more complex system that will handle it better right that's the question Mm -hmm. the just fact that it is complex on its own shouldn't be an argument not to do something so I gave that a plus zero as well. A plus zero. Plus zero. <laughs>
1: is that like a plus or a minus zero?
0: Uh, yeah, minus zero is, I don't think it's valuable as is, but it definitely, it's uh, more towards not. <laughs> I'm, I'm making this up. There's no plus or minus zero. It's just a zero. Uh, so the next argument was it will be more expensive to do the same job that we are already doing.
1: Is there a fact behind that? Like, can you show me a spreadsheet or something? I
0: mean, we can think about it reasonably. If you have a group of people doing a job that fall under a management structure that already exists within the Air Force, if you then take them out and put them in a new branch that doesn't already exist, you have to create that governance system above them to mirror every other branch of the military. Yeah. So from the uh chief to the joint chiefs to the assistant whatever all the way down to the guys on the ground doing this stuff you now have to duplicate that or that part of an organization and then pay them
1: Mm, i guess that would make it more expensive
0: it does so i think it's a legitimate concern uh if we are not or cannot increase the workload or the area of this uh branch this new branch uh, why would we create an entirely new branch, which will require its own layer of governance? Like I said, uh, which will cost significantly more money. So I gave that a minus one. That is a definitely a good argument towards not creating a space force.
1: But in the truth, we really do need jobs. Everybody needs a job, and there's a lot of people who True. would sit around that could go in there and. But and I mean, that's kind of a this. political
0: question. But and that's a uh, that's a slippery slope. That's kind of like the snake eating its own tail, right? Mm-hmm. So. Overall, it is not very sustainable to create just government jobs for your out-of-work people and pay mm-hmm. them out of taxpayer money. Yeah, I guess. So you're you're not you're making them feel better and you're providing them food and place and that's great, but that's not sustainable. You need to bring in money from outside of taxpayers in order to pay new people to do that. So, anyways, uh, what's the next one? Uh, separation is not good because we are currently working on integration within the air force. So what he's saying is we are currently actively working on better integrating the air force space command within air force as it is working to make it better work within the air force. So because they're actively trying to make it work better within the air force, we shouldn't pull it out of the air force. That's essentially this argument.
1: It's already having an issue. So just if you're, (laughs) if you're already doing it, just do it for space force,
0: right? I agree with you. I mean, this is, again, this isn't an argument against separation. This is just stating what they're currently doing. Uh, If it's working, that's great. But if it's not working and it won't scale to where we need it to be, then we need to change it no matter what we're currently doing, right? Yeah, I agree. So I gave that a zero. That is definitely not a strong argument in my opinion. Uh, Space is used in every mission and growing continuously so we shouldn't split it. That was the argument, and I can't even explain that to you because I don't understand how that's an argument. Like, it's a statement.
1: <laughs> it is a statement. It's, I don't know, I would say that it's kind of an argument. Like, if we need it and right now we have it, if we agree to have this space force, then we may have to share it or give it up. You I, know what I'm saying?
0: I guess. I don't know. This seems more like a pro argument to me. Uh, we are acknowledging that it is growing really fast and we are acknowledging that every other agency and aspect is using it. So how is that not an argument to make it its own thing and better like supply it and pay, and pay for it?
1: You can't see my shrug, but I'm shrugging.
0: <laughs> like, uh, so I, I gave it a zero. I wanted to give it a plus one, but I, I talk about this argument in the pros here in a second. So. This is
1: definitely a plus zero.
0: Yeah, plus zero uh and then the last kind of con claim con claim that's not a con but you know pros and cons con the last con claim is uh now is not the time because the nature of war in space is changing we are in a transition period talking management instead of lethality would distract and slow down our progress in space as a war domain
1: I hate that they call it space as a war domain, because, I mean, we're not fighting in space. Sure, but,
0: I mean, I understand what you're saying. We are not right now. But the concept, with it being military-related, is everything is a war-fighting domain. Air, ground, and sea. Previous to now, or previous to maybe 10 years ago, we didn't really see space as a war-fighting domain yet. Because there was no capability, no apparent movement. You know what I mean so it was just it worked kind of as a place like high ground to supplement the actual places what we were fighting at but the fear and the idea is that we are getting to a point now where we will need to be fighting wars in this area so because this is changing right now which is legitimately a true statement They are saying that this is a transition period and if we take the time to worry about all the bureaucracy and the government management instead of working on ways to make our ability to be lethal in that space match whatever potential threats we have, we're slowing ourselves down. And this kind of comes from because when we split the Air Force off from the Army, we did it like a full decade or two. Like a full generation, they said, after all of the places in Europe did this. So we were behind when we did this with the Air Force. I don't think they want to do that same mistake again. So I think it might be pushing uh, them to want to, even though that seems like an argument to separate space early, they're using it as an argument to say we need to concentrate right now on developing our abilities to defend in this space as opposed to working out governance and paperwork, right?
1: Why can't we do those things at the same time?
0: That is a damn good question. (laughs) Uh, I'm not really sure why this is a sound argument. It seems like you'd want to make the change while you're actively, like, while things are already changing. changing and not actively fighting. If we do work on all our stuff now, and then some, I mean, hopefully not, but someday we get in a war in space, physically in space, that seems like an even worse time to separate this out into a different branch, does it not? <laughs> oh yeah, that seems like a little too late. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know. I I put a plus zero on that one too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so all in all, we've got really one good strong argument to not uh create a space force.
1: Man, I'm kinda sad because I really wanted to go fight in space.
0: Yeah. Well, let's kind of talk about kind of some of the pro-claims. And these are kind of general statements I've read around, and then some of them are my own arguments. But uh, so the first and foremost is that space is too important to not have its own service.
1: I concur. I think that, uh for lack of a better way to say it, like space is the new frontier. Like it's the only place we really haven't gone. And, right. we, I mean, we have no idea really what is out there still. Still don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean... I think this is a true statement, but I don't think it's a strong argument personally. Uh, Because, yes, space is important. It is important enough to ensure that however we oversee it, that that method works. Right? Mm -hmm. It's important that we give it the attention that it needs, but that doesn't necessitate that it has its own service to do so, I think. We just need to make sure whatever we're doing is working. Now... I'm kind of leaning towards we do need one, but I don't think this argument is a good one. So I give it a, a plus zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, space has grown exponentially and will continue to do so, much the same way that the air domain became extremely important when we decided to split the Air Force from the Army.
1: Is he saying that space is expanding well
0: space is yeah that's <laughs> not what he means he means that our usage of space the importance of space how things what we have in space is expanding i have to admit i knew that but it was funny okay. and i had to ask <laughs> uh,
1: now i got sidetracked with my thought and i've lost my actual thoughts
0: all right well i'll just say oh uh, we I'm...
1: need it more i mean we do we do i mean it obviously we're not what i'm trying to say like our nasa isn't the only thing that's going into space like there are lots of people who are shooting things into space yeah and the number seems to be going up and up and up and up and so i mean we kind of need to get ahead of the curve
0: yeah Uh, i think it's a very sound argument uh i'm not sure that the space domain is as easily as accessible in general as this kind of makes it out to to seem uh, or as easily usable uh, or quickly populated as like the air was. Like you build an airplane and you fly and you can get like hundreds of them in the air, right? And mm-hmm. you can do that within a year. Uh, you can't really do that in space. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure that, that we have the time restraint on doing this, that, that this argument makes it seem like we do, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's still a strong argument for creating a space force. I just don't think it's a strong argument for creating one right now. I don't know if that makes sense. So I gave it a plus 0.5. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, next argument is we split the Air Force from the Army a full generation after EU military did. And we're behind the curve because of it. So we should go ahead and try and be uh, above the curve. Are we behind <laughs> In the, front curve of the curve still? No, no. Did we just not at, catch the, up? at that time, we were behind the curve because of it. So don't make the same mistake.
1: I actually think that's a pretty sound argument. I think that uh, we have proven in the past that we drag our feet, mm-hmm. and we always have as a country. We like to drag our feet, and yep. so I think this might be one of those times when we need to go for
0: it. Yeah, I I would agree with you. I think it's another strong argument. And they need to, uh, since
1: they're talking about redoing the space laws anyway. Sure. I mean, like this, it might be the perfect
0: time to do it. Well, and one of the things to kind of note is, well, I'll get it. I'll get that in a minute, but. Yeah. yeah, keep that, that keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, so then I give that a plus one because I again I think it's a very strong argument for having one. I don't know if it necessarily addresses how quickly we have one, but maybe I mean I mean I guess it does. We want to do it now, soon, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next argument: space was originally used as a supplement to war, which was occurring on Earth, and so it made sense to be a part of the terrestrial force. But the risk of space warfare. Enemies taking out satellites, lifting weapons into space to target both enemies on the ground and in space, we are already looking at space as its own domain of combat with very unique requirements that differ from the air combat.
1: I think I kind of touched on this before when Mm -hmm. I said you can't take your airplane and fly it into space. I mean, if we really did have some sort of attack, like how prepared would the Air Force be to do that on their own?
0: There is actually, I mean, if you look at... Even as far back as, like, Star Trek, right? Mm-hmm. Though Starfleet is not a military organization, mm-hmm. it very, very much resembles the Navy, not the Air Force. Okay. Because, in fact, outside of the fact that you're dealing with pressures pulling out instead of pushing in, the creation of your vessels and how things work in space is more in tune with how things work in water than it is in air
1: that's interesting Uh, i wondered
0: about that so the air force isn't even necessarily the best you know in some aspects uh branch of the military to be working with vessels as a like a fleet right oh yeah um i think that they're fine in doing what they've done up until this point But so I think this, I mean, just like water is different than than ground and both are different from air in your tactics, in how you fight, in the vehicles that fight in those domains, so too is space. So I think this is a very, very strong argument for, yeah, uh, I I gave it a plus 0.5 because while it is a very strong argument for having one, there is no argument for having it now versus in 20 years. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so our last kind of pro argument, um, having a separate force will allow more direct and specific funding by Congress rather than having to filter money down through the air force.
1: That actually makes a lot of sense.
0: I think it does too. Uh, there's a lot of, confrontation on this argument this is an argument that i had originally but then i've seen it echoed in in other places so obviously it means it's a sound argument i guess uh, i don't think uh, that's
1: true because i can hear some weird yeah, crap whatever. from people all i meant time. from like
0: professionals in in the area like the people that mm-hmm. are pro space force in the space and military they have this uh mindset but i think it's a good argument Uh, and while true, it would also take away the ability to kind of slide money from one project to another. Uh, I don't know if this would end up in a net gain or loss for space systems, but I do agree that taxpayers through Congress should have a more direct control over the money utilized in space than it does by handling it through the air force. I agree. So again, a good argument for splitting. I don't know if it's a good argument for splitting right now, so I gave it another point plus five. But I mean, we're sitting at uh one, two mm-hmm. point five four and one against. So I think I think based off of just this, I think it's a strong uh arguments for creating one. What do you think?
1: I don't know, it still seems so fantastical. You know what I mean? Like it you does. put the word space on it and mm-hmm. it makes it sound like it's like a fantasy, like it's out of your brain. But I mean, I think we should just go for it. Like we might as well just do it. We can always back out and say we don't want to later on.
0: Yeah. And I've been looking at this purely as a practical isolated nation idea up until this point. Right. And mm-hmm. which I agree that we should probably make when it makes sense within the realm of thinking about it in the context of military personnel to me. Uh, But I think many of the con arguments can easily be used as justification for combining the other branches of defense. No one seems to notice that. uh, And I really feel like even though there are legit reasons to not create a Space Force, at least for right now, That a lot of the people that are arguing against it are simply having a knee-jerk reaction to change. These are specifically people within the Air Force. Mm -hmm. Or a knee-jerk reaction to the fact that they have this understanding that this seems to be President Trump's idea. That it didn't have any history before he talked about it. Um, I mean, if we created this branch, the branch will be small and limited. I mean, potentially for a long time. And this might be seen as a negative. But there is a huge advantage to having a system in place to change and adapt as needed when we need it to, as opposed to trying to build it up at the time.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's easier to change something than to start it from fresh.
0: Absolutely. Now, I said earlier that I've been thinking about this in a military domain context. We kind of briefly touched on the other aspect of what this does as a global community. What does it look like to the rest of the world when the United States says, "You know what? Right now, we need a military branch solely for space."
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely going to put a like laser beam on us. You know, like it's going to be very intense. I think.
0: I think what could very easily happen if we are not careful, and I'm not sure we're not already headed here to begin with. Let me be clear: is a new arms race in space
1: i'm i could see that happening for sure
0: Mm -hmm. so whether or not it is a good idea globally for global uh participation um i don't know but i don't think i am naive enough to think like i said earlier that there will be an uh unified world government anytime soon And as much as I want space to be a place of peace, prosperity, and international cooperation, there are too many nations today that can't manage this now here on Earth. That's true. So what's going to happen when countries like China, Russia, or even us, uh, who have not signed uh, or ratified the Moon Treaty, decide that they want the same resources for themselves as another nation?
1: Yeah, that's going to be really difficult.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So, my my split of this argument is, first and foremost, if we create a space force now, it is simply going to be handling the stuff that the current Air Force Space Command handle. We are not going to be deploying space marines in X-Wings shooting lasers. There is no need for that at this time. And I would actively argue against being the First Nation to create those things. Maybe... When we get to the point of being a spacefaring race, like a stable spacefaring race, colonizing multiple places, transferring back and forth between those things, people and goods and things of value, uh, and it's been going on long enough that there are legitimate societies on different places, maybe then do we start developing some form of armed craft in space. But until then, I think being the first country to do that is a serious mistake
1: yeah that's a slippery slope because once you do it everyone else is going to do it and then it's going to start all kinds of issues and then that's going to be like my x-wings won't fire on your x-wings as long as your x-wings don't fire you know what i mean
0: so space force space force space force what is your final thoughts first of all do we need one at all
1: i think so eventually
0: do we need one now
1: Well, we kind of already do have one in the Air Force, so I guess, yeah.
0: Okay. Do we need lasers and space marines now?
1: Not right now, no.
0: Should we create them now? No. All right. I think that's pretty much what I think, too. I think there's no reason, there is no good reason to not create a space force now called the u.s space corps which would be my vote the one that was already in existence of trying to be created before president trump's speech so long as that space force only consists of the current activities that the u.s air force space command is currently doing and that we are not the first country to start developing futuristic space weapons whether or not that's a legitimate thing i don't know But I honestly don't think whether or not we create or don't create a space force has any relevance on what the Department of Defense is developing for space. I agree. Any final thoughts?
1: Um, Yeah, I actually heard a joke that in 1978, there was a TV show called Space Force, and it was described as northern exposure in space.
0: (laughs) Uh, I've never seen it or heard of it, and now I kind of want to watch it. <laughs> I kind of do, too.
1: I thought I should put it out there. Maybe other people would be interested in figuring it out.
0: Oh, excellent. Well, uh, I guess that's all I have now. Are, are, are you good? You got anything else? I'm good. All right. Well, if you guys have any opinions on the idea of a space force and you want to talk about that or any of the things that we said, you can email me at chris at dash of science uh, or you can catch me on Twitter at Physicist Chris or on Facebook.com slash dash of science. Let us know what you think. Let us know uh, any ideas you have on this topic. But uh, until next time, so, have uh, a great day. Oh, Chris, go ahead. Chris. Yeah.
1: Um, how was your day? <laughs> it was good, Carrie. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
0: That was Carrie and I talking about Space Force. Hope you enjoyed it. Before we get going, I just wanted to uh, read out some reviews that we've got on iTunes, just to say thanks and give a shout out to those who left those reviews. Uh, From Gimme Monsters 1 from Canada, Dash of Science is an awesome show for people interested in science and those who are brand new to some topics. It's just a really fun show that takes an in-depth look into all kinds of crazy stuff including one of my favorite subjects, Nikola Tesla. Go check them out. Great for driving and for kids, too. Next one is called Science from Nick and Vince. I'm so glad I found this podcast. Host Chris gives out scientific explanations that are easy to understand and wonderfully accurate to a variety of subjects. I enjoyed the calm and relaxed atmosphere that this podcast has, not loud and splashy. I wish it will stay for a long time. Well done. Lastly, a great listen by Kite Lyric. Very well informed and entertaining subject material. Host has a great radio presence. Most ideal when episodes are around an hour in length. Sorry, we're pushing about an hour and 15 on this one. (laughs) And uh, most formats stick to that. I would recommend this to your friends. All right, thank you so much. I appreciate the reviews. Uh, it goes a long ways in helping the podcast get uh, displayed in iTunes and gain new listeners. So I really appreciate it. Uh, if you guys are interested in writing a review, please check it out on iTunes and write your review there. I'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, other than that, I hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. And remember, live, learn, build.